What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Taylor Rooks. And in this episode, I sat down with my friend and eight-time NBA All-Star Dwight Howard to talk about not making the NBA 75 list, why he wants to sit down with Chris Paul, and prove once and for all that he's got the best Shaq impression in the league. Enjoy. All right, Dwight, coming from practice, didn't get to eat. Yes. So we're doing this on an empty stomach, huh? That's cool. That's the best way to do it. I'm good to go. Okay, well, when you can eat, what's what are we craving? What's going to be on the, on the meal today? It depends. You know, I'm pretty much a healthy eater. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I really like eating a lot of fruit. Okay. Um, I'm not vegan. Uh, so, you know, I do eat, you know, I have like steaks and stuff like that, but probably some fish. Okay. Salmon. But you had some Chick-fil-A. I had Chick-fil-A and they I fries. wish I knew that you hadn't eaten. We would have got some, some fries. fries. Got you fries. But you know the waffle fries, they have to be hot. They're not yeah. good if they're not hot. They got the best fries. Best fries. Best fries. Waffle House. Yeah. No, not Waffle House. I'm sorry. Chick-fil-A <laughs> and checkers. checkers. Best fries. You never had checkers fries? Wait, they kind of have like a lot of the black seasoning on it. Like the they're really seasoned. Oil. Yeah, they, okay, they probably, I have yes, had that. They, you don't think they're good? No, they're good, but I don't think I put them with Chick-fil-A. Are you serious? I don't think anything goes with Chick-fil-A fries. You is bugging out. I don't think okay, so. Okay, so what's your top three fries? Okay, obviously Chick-fil-A fries. Okay. I like Wendy's fries. Wendy's? I like Wendy's fries. Wendy's fries, fries can be good when they hot and you got a Frosty to go with it. <laughs> I did my, fr- my yes, fry and Frosty got, too. Okay. Okay, okay yes, so I love Wendy's. the sweet and salty mix. Okay. I don't know what rounds out my third, honestly. So you don't like McDonald's? I like McDonald's like late at night with the nuggets. I like that. I, to me, McDonald's is like drunk food. McDonald's fries and nuggets. Oh, that's, for me personally, drunk that's food. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you know, I brought you here really just to discuss which fries are better than the other fries. We're gonna pray for you. <laughs> so I'm happy you've gone down the road. Okay, you said you like fruit, and this is a really mm-hmm. weird question. My best friend Raven, she always asks people when she meets them, she says, if you were a fruit, what fruit would you be and why? Whoo, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. If I was a fruit, what would I be and why? Oh, we. Because there's so many ways to go. So think yeah, about it. It is. That's I'm doing a lot of thinking because I like a lot of fruit. Uh, the one that keeps coming to my head is watermelon. Okay. <laughs> and I'm just keeping why that. Why watermelon? Just, I just like watermelon. I'm a country okay. boy. I love watermelon. I've been eating them my whole life. And then, you know, you put the watermelon in the free in the refrigerator, make it cold. Mm-hmm. That's when it's banging. So okay. I'm gonna go with watermelon. No, but you have to say, so what about you makes you watermelon? You're saying it's your southern roots? Yes. And okay. then, you know, watermelon is, you know, obviously full of water. You know, <laughs> obviously, you know. I'm full of water. Just like all humans. Yeah, 75% <laughs> water, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it's a tough one to answer. I'm sorry. It is. It makes you think. I went, I go with peach. I was going to say peach second, but yep. I'm a guy. And usually <laughs> in Georgia, they say that the women are Georgia peaches. Yes. So that's why I didn't want to say a peach. Yes. I love peaches and nectarines and grapes. Mm-hmm. You ever had frozen grapes? Yes. My grandma would freeze them. Do you like them? Yeah, You ever I had cotton them. candy grapes? No. Oh. Do you know that was a thing? Yes, cotton candy grapes. Gotta what is a cotton them. candy grape? It tastes like cotton candy. But it's a grape. But it's a grape. 
How does the grape taste like cotton candy? They have cotton candy grapes. So it's created. Like, this is created by humans. Everything is created. Well, no, no, no. Like, grapes are fruits that, like, grow. I'm saying, do does a human make it taste like cotton candy? Do you get what I'm trying no, to say? It's, it's like a hybrid fruit created. No, it's created. It grows. And it just happens to taste like cotton candy. I grow them at my house. Really? I have a, I have a garden at my house. Uh-huh. Huh. Uh-huh. Well, this first five minutes is not what I expected, but I learned a lot. Okay. <laughs> okay, watermelon and you're a peach. Yes, but I maybe I'm a grow, cotton candy I grow grape. watermelon and peaches at my, my garden. You garden? Yes. How often? Every year. I got watermelon, I got peaches, I got grapes, blueberries, squash, eggplant, uh, bell peppers, figs, uh, Oranges, apples. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you tend to this garden in your home? Me and a, a host of other people. Oh, my goodness. What made you get into gardening? I did not know this. Well, uh, I, I always want my kids to be self-sufficient, you know, and just in case something ever happens in the world, you know, they'll know how to take care of themselves, you know, how to garden, how to, you know, plow the fields and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I also have a farm. You know, my dad, is he stays on it with my mother. Uh, but uh, I just always wanted my kids to to be able to be self-sufficient. I also have a rose garden in my house. I love roses. Wow. You are interesting. James Bond. <laughs> yeah, because speaking of just like things you have at your home, mm-hmm. one of the times I have been around you is when I interviewed Danny Green and we snakes. were playing with snakes yes, and like yes. lizards and gators. Mm-hmm. And I think you have a bunch of snakes. I do. What's the count at now? What animals well, are in the house? I, I, I went back during COVID. Mm-hmm. I had over 40 snakes at one point, but now I probably have about 20. Oh, just 20. Yeah. yeah. I love snakes. They're really, yeah. they're really calm creatures. You know, you can learn a, a lot, you know, just by, you know, watching a snake. You know what I'm saying? So uh, a snake can tell you a lot about people, the people that are around you. Mm-hmm. Usually if a snake just hauls off and tries to bite somebody, that mean you don't need to have that person around because they don't really do that. Yeah. You know, so I enjoy reptiles like that. I'm thinking about one rep, not a reptile, but an animal that I would love to have. Could you Cliffhanger, get? what is it? It's a giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> is that bad? A giraffe in the house. No, not in the house. I'm like, you're already tall uh, enough. Around the house. Around the house. Just roaming. Yeah, I got Amongst a, the a, garden and the... Yes. A giraffe. Why a giraffe? And is that legal here in California? In Georgia, I live. I'm a country boy. <laughs> so I got all the other animals already on lot. The cattle, you know, mm-hmm. the mules, the donkeys. But I would like to have a giraffe. I used to say I was a giraffe when I was younger. I was so tall. Yeah. A giraffe and peacocks. Why peacocks? Have you seen a peacock? Just because it's pretty. It's beautiful. All yes, and those, the males. Those are the males. Yeah. The reason why they spread like that is they're trying to get the women's attention to let them know how beautiful they are. Yeah. But peacocks are real beautiful animals. So is this why? Are you trying to be a peacock? You got the colored hair? You the colorful fashion? You're trying to channel the peacock? No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I just like, I love animals. I'm a big animal lover. You know, dogs, okay. all type of animals. So, you know, that's me. Nice. Well, hey, I'm adding this to the list of things I never knew about so Dwight watermelon, Howard. Watermelon, cotton candy grapes, one a giraffe, you garden, you have rose all garden. the, yes, and you have the rose garden, but yes. you also actually, you yes. want your children to be self-sufficient. It's like all in my head now. 
wow. Yeah, we haven't even got to the fact that you also um, are in the NBA. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I am, this is a small thing. I forgot that I played basketball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you did like an Instagram live where you said that LeBron told you, what, if you get two blocks a game? Yeah, it was kind of like a joke. But did he sort of say something like that? He said it as a joke. But he said I if made you get it. two blocks a game, you can attempt a three. Yeah, and it was a joke. Mm-hmm. And I was joking back, so I said it on live, you know, so everybody said, oh, if you get two blocks, just, you know, <laughs> get everybody, you know, get everybody yeah. going. But, you know, I understand my role with the team is not to shoot threes. Now, if coach need a three, <laughs> you could always give it to me and I'll be ready. But we have three-point shooters and, you know, I do my job making sure I get those guys open shots and mm-hmm. um, go rebound. You know, and I'm the I'm the muscle of the team, so it's my job to hit guys, and yeah, get them frustrated, and then you got LeBron and all those guys come down and finish. Yeah, okay. Well, I do want to talk about Melo because I love like he's just somebody I'm happy for. You know, he gets this like chance in the league where he shouldn't have not been in the league, and he's excelling. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it was like taking so long for Camelo to be on a team, especially given how he's performing now? Uh, well. We are we gonna go? Are we trying to you know? We go we, we go, go into we, it in this show. You sure? Always. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I just feel like you know, since Carmelo is supposed to be old in NBA years, that you know, I feel like they were trying to you know get him out. You know, and I've always felt like he's been great since he, since I met him since college, Olympics, everything. He's been the same guy. You know, as far as how he plays, he's never stopped working. He can shoot the ball from anywhere on the court. His attitude, his, his name really speaks for how he is. He's mellow, you know what I'm saying? He's real chill. You know, he don't get into it unless you really rile him up. But other than that, when the lights come on and it's time to go to work, he's ready at all times. And I appreciate that about him. That You know, one thing, he's never changed. You know, mm-hmm. That's the best thing about it. So the last episode, we had Lou Williams on the show, and he was talking about how the league is too political. And he said that Mello was a prime example of why that was. Someone Mm -hmm. he felt like should have been the league, but because of all these kind of random narratives about him, he felt like that was the thing that stopped him from being the league. Do you agree with Lou's assessment of just the NBA? It's very political. Mm -hmm. Uh, And since I'm in it, you know, I want to make sure I don't say too much. (laughs) Because uh, I'm not trying to get myself out, but I think it's it's, it's politics and uh, a lot of what goes on in the NBA, and um, you know it's kind of disheartening at times. And the political side of the NBA can really like cause you to lose passion for the game, you know, because it's like man, this I can work my butt off all summer, get better, and the coach might not play me, you know. So it's like. What did I do all this for? And you might not play because the person that plays in front of you is the one who is the one making the money or the one who got the big contract and stuff like that. So it's like, hey, I got to suffer because of this. So, you know, it can be disheartening. But then that's when you have to really just take your ego out, put your pride to the side and, you know, and realize, you know, what is the what is the main goal for this team and what we're trying to accomplish? Mm-hmm. You know, and as you know, as a young player, the main goal most of the time is to try to establish yourself, you know, get to that all-star, superstar level status and uh, make as much money as you can. 
Mm-hmm. And then, you know, for the older guys, you know, everybody's like, well, we want to win. You know, we want to win championships. But I think now, like, the league is kind of it's kind of changing to where everybody has that mindset of we can win this, this championship. You look at how mm-hmm. teams are playing, you know, this is some of the greatest basketball games being played this year. You know, so far, every team has come out hot. Uh, guys have really been working on their games and have gotten a lot better. And it's good to see the position that the, the league is going as far as the players. These yeah. young guys are really working in. It's exciting to watch. So you talked about guys having to put ego and pride aside. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me maybe the roles that ego and pride have played in your career, if any? Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, like I was, you know, explaining earlier, when you're a young guy coming into the league, you know, you go on a team and it's like you're the man. You know, everybody's, you know, expecting you to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you carry yourself that way. You know, the man around, the big man on campus. Yeah. You know, and sometimes that pride, you know, just like J. Cole said, it can be the devil. It can really mess you up mentally and spiritually, you know, if you don't have yourself grounded in the right places. You know, so uh, early in my career, um, I wouldn't say I was very prideful, um, but uh, a lot of people took it that way, you know, by, you know, maybe the way I handled myself in certain situations. So then I look back on it like when I was super young, you know, I didn't have proper guidance. There's, there's not a lot of people that come into the league at 18, mm-hmm. um, getting tons of money, getting a lot of attention. You know, that's very difficult to deal with, you know, unless you have the proper guidance. You know, and I think that now that I'm older, you know, and I've been through so many things and the experiences that I've gotten, you know, it's just really helped me out and understand, like, hey, you know, for this moment in time, just be who you need to be for your team. And, you know, everything will work itself out. Yeah, because I think when when you kind of think about your earlier years in your career, it just felt like it was a lot of you being misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Would you say that's accurate? That's very accurate. Okay. I think a lot of us are misunderstood. Yeah. And the, the, the crazy part about it is we never have conversation. People hate what they don't understand. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing that's, uh, bothering us in in America in general, you know, we afraid to have tough conversations. We yeah. afraid to face, you know, someone and talk about things that, you know, may hurt people's feelings. Uh, it may have people, you know, mad and want to, you know, fight and do all that stuff. But we avoid that, and I think that's one thing that we shouldn't do. We should have conversations. We should open up and understand each other because maybe you can find some common ground by just talking. The more you talk. Mm-hmm. Is like the better, you know. Have you seen um, uh, what's the Men in Black? Of course. There's yeah. a scene where he was like, "Let's go get some pie," and so uh, Will Smith didn't understand why he wanted to go get some pie all the time. But when they sat down and start eating, and they just had that conversation, they started to have a better understanding of each other. Mm-hmm. And now Will and you know Agent K, mm-hmm. uh, they since they had that better understanding, they was able to fight for each other in a better way because they could really understand each other. Then they, that the love that they have for each other just grew, mm-hmm. and I think that's what we all need. You know, just one to spread love, but that can come with having a conversation. Okay, so let's get some pie. Mm-hmm. Tell me, where is it? yeah, where's the pie? <laughs> Tell me one player that you did get some pie with, 
and it helped you guys have a better understanding of each other. You can't and one... say pilot, say a player that we had a conversation. Okay. With. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm going with the analogy, okay? Yeah, yeah, Shout yeah, out yeah. Men in Black. Yeah, Tell me one player you had a conversation with and it helped you get that understanding and one player you wish you were able to have that conversation with to get some understanding. Ooh. Oh, well, uh, I would say Kevin Garnett, uh, the player that I had a conversation with. Um, we got into it a lot, you know, on the court. You know, KG's known for, you know, fighting and all that stuff. And uh, there's a video of me and him going at it, you know, when he was playing in uh, Brooklyn and I was with the Rockets. You know, we kind of got into a little scuffle. And uh, after the scuffle uh, happened, I actually saw him in Houston a couple days later. And I was like, man, you know what? Let me go talk to him. And I went in there. You know, we had a conversation. I got a real understanding of, you know, how he, you know, treats basketball and his teammates and guys that's not on his team. And so, you know, he basically said, I don't have no problem with you, but you're on the other team. And when we get on the floor, it's basically fuck you. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I understand that. You know, like, you're right. It, we in battle. So you're not supposed to be my friend mm-hmm. when we in battle. But after the game, when there's no more battling, we still brothers. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I got a real good understanding about that. Uh, so uh, it was cool. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. And so that conversation really helped you get It did. And, and now it was like, man, like, because he was my favorite player growing up. Yeah. I wanted to be just like Kevin Garnett. Mm-hmm. And so when we start playing in the league and, you know, every game, he's, fuck you. Looking at me crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, what's wrong with this man? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> then we about to fight. And I'm like, bro, like, he crazy. Yeah. But not till I had that conversation with him. And it was a brief conversation. But the fact that we was able to sit down as men and have a conversation, it really gave me a chance to understand who he is as a player, his character, and all that stuff. Because mm-hmm. I would have never known unless I sat down and talked to him. Yeah. So I was real happy about that. I love that, that it actually, it worked. Having yeah. that conversation improved that relationship. Yes, it Okay, did. tell me a person that you wish you were able to have that KG conversation moment with that you haven't or weren't able to. Well, I think me and Shaq should have a conversation. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> every time I see something, I like, hey, I don't know, every time. And I'm like, bro, why is he? <laughs> Let me stop. I don't want Shaq to think I'm... <laughs> I just like doing an imitation. Imitation. It was pretty good. (laughs) But, you know, it's like every time, uh, you know, something goes on, it seems like he has an issue with me or, you know, he's talking bad about me or Giannis is a real Superman. And that's what I mean. He's the real Superman and nobody else. I'm giving him that name. And for me, I'm Can't like, wait to send this to Shaq. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> but it's like, for me, it's like, bro, I don't care about who, a Superman name. Like, yeah. It's just a name. And it's so many people around the world who carry that name Superman. And it should be bigger than just what you do on the basketball court. Mm-hmm. How you live your life, how you treat people, the way you carry yourself, you know, in the public at home, your character. To me, that's Superman, you know, and that S stands for that. When I watched the movie, they said it stands for hope. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't something like anything else. But when people saw that S, it's like, you know, I believe that I can make it. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I got the Superman name from Soldier Boy. If anything, he should be mad because he always say he the first rapper to do everything. I got my (laughs) nickname from him because I used to 
love all the Soldier Boy dances mm-hmm. and the Superman song he did. And my teammates in Orlando, they called me Superman because I jumped over one of my teammates one day and I used to bench press a lot of weight. And I was like, bro, you really like Superman. They told me to put a cape on. Actually, Carlos Arroyo, shout out to him. He told me to put a cape on, go to the dunk contest and fly. And that's where the Superman came from with me. It was never like, you know, nothing against, you know, or nothing for Shaq or trying to be like him or anything like that. But if a guy wants to be like me, you know, I'm welcome to the, hey, man, let me, let me help you out. Let me show you what I did to get to where I'm at. And hopefully you can take it to the next level. You know, so when I see guys, they say, man, I want to be like you. I say, no, be greater than me. Mm-hmm. You know, be greater. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's just how I took it. So, you know, I would love to sit down and have a conversation. Yeah, with y'all should do that. I, I know how to go. Yeah. Tell me. It? I want to hear it. Play it out. <laughs> Dwight, let me talk to you. I talked to Kobe. Kobe know how I play. See, Phil know how I play. Give me the ball and I'm going to dunk it. That's what you got to do. That's when you can become Superman. Okay? Because uh, I'm the real Dundada. <laughs> I'm Shackalicious. I'm Shackvicious. No, I'm just kidding. And stop. everything else that rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> and then your response would be? Shaq, man, damn, I love you, bro. Hell, I'm 35, <laughs> man. I watch you grow up. I watch you play my whole life. You know, you, you know, you the most dominate. Like I always tell people, Shaq is the most dominant player probably to ever play. You know what I'm saying? So I always give him his props. You know, I never, you know, would ever disrespect him any, you know, but for me, I love to have fun and joke. Just like he do. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like that's why having a conversation, like, hey bro, we supposed to be like this. You know what I'm saying? First of all, we NBA brothers because we done played in this sport. It's a fraternity that a lot of people can't get in. Mm-hmm. So for one, now that we in it, we supposed to be building each other up. Yeah. Not tearing each other down. You know, it's too many people doing that anyway. So if you Superman, hell, if I want to be Superman, I'll be Superman too. It was more than one Superman in the movie. Mm-hmm. And also, he won the first Superman. Kurt Rambis was a Superman. Yeah. Until he came to the Lakers, then he was somebody else. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Kurt, I love you. I love you. <laughs> Kurt, I didn't say that. Uh, but no, I just, I think that'd be a great conversation. And then another one would be, uh, I, sh- I don't know if I should say this, but. Chris Paul. Okay. Yeah. Talk I'd love to me. to have a conversation with Chris Paul. What do you need to say in that conversation or what do you hope is resolved in this conversation you want to have? Just an understanding. Just a very good understanding, you know. Um, a lot of people, you know, have had, you know, choice things to say about Chris Paul. Um, so, you know, I just want to talk to him. Okay. Can you, ex- can you expand on that? That's all I can say right now. Okay, well then tell tell me this. Where is your relationship with Chris Paul at right now? We don't have one. Okay. So you more so just want to be able to have a conversation with Chris to understand. It's just, all right, so for me, like I was saying about me and the Shaq situation, the fact that we are a fraternity, we are a big brotherhood, you know, and we have to set an example for not only uh, kids that's trying to get into the NBA, but adults and people around the world, even children around the world, like we're stronger together than being separate. Regardless of how we may feel about somebody personally, we never know people's lives. We never know what we're going through. But the one thing that we all have in common is that, you know, we're one consciousness. We're one. We're one big spirit 
and we're experiencing God in the flesh. and We're having an opportunity to be individuals and experience that separately. So, you know, just like I have a piece of God in me, he has a piece of God in him. And, you know, we should definitely have conversations and hash whatever needs to be hashed out. And that's with anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, we should all be one. We should all be brothers. We should all look out for each other. And just turn the tide of what has been said of the NBA in general, you know, around the world. You know, we're mm-hmm. all, like I said, we're brothers. We play this sport. Uh, we compete. But that's where the egos come in. I mm-hmm. think, like, even with life in general, they it, we've always had this thing where the politics, the separation, yeah, left side versus the right side, the, the haves versus the have-nots. The guys who make the most money, guys who don't get a chance to make the most money, starters, bench players, role players. It's like everything is trying to separate us mm-hmm. when in actuality we need to come together and be one. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why a conversation would be needed. Mm-hmm. So just for clarification, and this is because I don't want your words to be minced mm-hmm. with this. You specifically named Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. So there's something that you feel you have specifically heard about Chris or something about you and Chris that you feel like needs to be hashed out. Oh, uh, something about me and Chris. Yeah. Like me. We've is always something... had some kind of beef, but I don't know why. Okay. Yeah. When, mm-hmm. when did this kind of beef that you're know. unsure of begin? I don't know. Maybe when he dunked on me a long time ago <laughs> when I was in Orlando. I don't know. Really? I but there's no, no beef coming from you. I don't personally like, he hasn't done anything to make me have beef, but it's like we always be mad at each other. And I be mad at him. And we want to take his head off. <laughs> he be looking at me like, you know, what's up? And I be like, what's up? You know what I'm saying? But I think we got, I just, I want to be able to change that. Yeah. You know, we got to be the right examples for, you know, just people around the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want, you know, all of us got kids. We got people that look up to us and it's like, bro, we don't need to have that. It's already too much hate mm-hmm. and too much bad stuff going around. Yeah. I want to be a part of the change. No, I think this is great. You're saying yeah. in a positive way. Like, I yeah. want us to, like, be cool. Like, and I, I, I want, want people to see all of us to be cool. Now, yeah. obviously, you're not going to, everybody not going to like each other per yeah. se, but like I said earlier, we're all one. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to spread love in any way possible. Spread more love. That's the mm-hmm. only way we can see God is by spreading love. Yeah. And that's great because, I mean, you and Chris are two people that do so many great things for the community. Mm-hmm. You know, I know how heavily involved Chris is with HBCUs. I know that you have your foundation. And I think it's great. Like, if you guys could kind of... All know, of us. Yeah. All of, every single NBA player, should we should be tight. Yeah. Now, obviously, we cut from, you know, different areas. We all have different beliefs and stuff like that. But the one thing that all of us have in common is we play for the NBA. Mm-hmm. We should be able to go anywhere in the world together and build up, build it up. Yeah. Because I feel like that's what we were meant for. That was a part of our purpose of why we're in the NBA itself. Just imagine if all of us came together mm-hmm. and built things around the United States to, to really improve players games and their minds and stuff like that how much the world how much better our sport would be how much more love we would get from people around the world because they already feel they may feel a certain way about us because the amount of money we make the status that people give us and stuff like that so just imagine if we 
you know, did things like that together, mm-hmm. not separate, because we do stuff separately. Everybody mm-hmm. do their own thing. But together, it'd be crazy. I love it'd that. Be crazy. So for someone who very clearly, you know, you care a lot about, you know, unity and peace and you Mm -hmm. want there to be, you know, synergy between all players. Did it bother you when everybody saw kind of the scuffle between you and AD where you're like, okay, we got to squash this. I need everybody to know it's fine. Like, what was that like for you? Well, it bothered me because of how a lot of people in the media turned it, a.k.a. Stephen A. Ballhead Smith. I'm just, let me stop. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm just playing. Let me stop. But, you know, I'm not sure what Stephen A. said. So he said a lot of shout stuff. out to Stephen A. I'm not shouting him out in the in that way, but he said a lot of things. You know, I think a lot of times, you know, stuff like that. You know, as as men, you know, when you're playing basketball and you have situations, you know, you got to find better ways to handle it. And obviously, in that moment, both of us was you know kind of heated. But you know, I realized everybody's watching. Everybody. So the best thing to do is breathe, mm-hmm. calm down. Because, you know, I knew that as soon as the next day come, it was going to be talked about everywhere. Yeah. And the crazy part about it was by the time that third quarter came, me and him had already went to the back. We went to a separate room, had a conversation, and squashed it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But everybody else took it a a further step and so like that's the thing that you know I didn't really like you know it's just trying to put more energy into negativity now Mm -hmm. obviously we could have handled that better but you got two alpha males on the same team you know both of us in our feelings about certain things let it out and now we good Mm -hmm. but it was just everywhere everybody calling Y'all okay? What's going on? I'm like, bro, you ain't called me in two, three months. And yeah. Now you want to call me about this? You know, so it's like everybody yeah. feeds off negativity. And that's what it's like. We have to stop that, you know, even with a lot of stuff that's being put out, you know, in the news outlets, the media, like I said about Stephen A. Smith, his comments on that, very negative. And that's one thing that I feel as though it's no place for that. We already got enough negativity going on. And obviously people say negativity sales and stuff like that. But how about we change that? Let's sell more positive messages and more positive things instead mm-hmm. of always running to something that's negative. You know, if you watch just in general, something happened outside right now. Somebody get hit. What does everybody do? Pull their cameras out. Mm-hmm. They filming. Person over there on the ground passing out. They about to die. But the but phone's instead, out. Yeah, yeah, but the phone's out. Look, look at this person. Look, look, look. Now everybody watching the video. You seen the video? You seen the person? He, about, he, he, he just died. Instead of saying, you know what? Let me put this phone down or let me call 911 or call somebody that can help. Mm-hmm. See, we just breathe in off that, that negative energy. And so it's like, no, let's change that. You know, mm-hmm. obviously it's it's so much hate in this world. Yeah. So it's like, why add more to it? It's like the craziest thing. Like, just let, we got to let that negative stuff go. It's a place for that. Yeah. And it shouldn't be here. And I feel like, so I applaud that. I think that's such a mature mindset to have. And I'm sure so many things would be accomplished if everybody just believed like positivity is the way to go or the better way to go. Mm-hmm. But because that's such a mature mindset, I mean, did you 
always see life this way? Or when was it a shift always. for you? Really? I always want to yeah. spread love. Yeah. Spread love. You ever heard that song? <laughs> no. Me neither. I just made it up. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know about that one. <laughs> but no, I just, I, I've always been that way. You know, I don't have a ounce of evil blood in my body. You know, I don't even like killing ants or bugs. Mm-hmm. My mom and them, she'd be seeing a roach. And she want to step on like, Ma, no. Okay, now the roach, the but roach got to go. No, but what if that roach is a papa roach? He got little kids and a wife. <laughs> you can't just kill the papa roach. Now the kids I mean, gonna be saying, "No, you can't do a that." A roach is a very specific How? thing that like can't be in I, near I, me. I, okay, well then take some paper and move, move it out the that house. That roach gonna something. find its way back. You know, roaches can like go down to the size of like a dime and get in any space. Okay. So you let the roach out. No, that roach saying, is coming back. What I'm saying is this: like everything had that has life and has an opportunity to live, allow it to live. You don't want to dim someone's light, even if it's a little insect. They got an opportunity to enjoy this beautiful world that we have. In my apartment. Okay, your apartment (laughs) was placed in the middle of where that animal or that insect was supposed to be. So actually, you are the intruder. Listen, I'm with you on letting all animals. I love animals. I got my little little puppy. I'm going to show you. But it's just like roaches specifically that I is, just named a which roach. Which is totally not what you're even talking about, but I just need to, I understand. to be known. I just named a roach, but I was just saying in general, yeah. like, you know, we have to totally just more love and positive mm-hmm. energy is once you the more love you give out, the more, you know, positive love you're gonna receive. So it's like, why even wanna put out anything that's bad? Okay, so I have to say this. This is like the longest conversation I've ever had with you. Mm-hmm. And you have, you're very pleasant. You're funny. You have all this stuff about this positive mindset. Why does it feel like that's not what people know about you? Why is this narrative about you being you a bad have, teammate? Or You have the media. You have all these people who have always spoken on my behalf and I've never spoken. Yeah. Like I said, the Stephen A. Smiths, the people who get on TV and I feel like their job is to tear people down. That's why I'm only naming him. Because I've seen a lot of stuff that he says about a lot of people. I personally don't like that. You know, I feel as though you should always, anytime you're speaking on someone, I don't even want to speak bad on him. So I apologize if I did. But anytime you have an opportunity to stand in front of a microphone and millions of people can have the opportunity to see it, you should never speak down on someone because they have family. They have friends. They could have kids. Anybody could be watching. And when you're saying those negative things, now what you're doing is bringing more negative energy. You're building up all this bad energy. So it's like, why even do that? So that's why that's why, that's why I was referring to him. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, you have news outlets and stuff like that who speak and say negative things. I don't even like watching the news mm-hmm. because when you watch the news, so when the six o'clock news come on, first thing is it's a robbery over here, it's a killing over here, it's a shooting right here. So it's like all day we're just breathing in this negative energy. You turn on the TV, that's all you see. So it's like, hey, hold up now, let's change this. Let's start our day off with a smile. I don't even like saying good morning because the word morning. I'm not waking up in the morning. So, no, I don't want to say oh, good morning. Oh, I just got it. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I get it. Yeah, I don't say morning. I got it. Uh, that's yeah. wordplay. 
So I don't want to speak out. A little double entendre. I don't want to speak out no morning. Yeah. I want to wake up and say, rise and shine like the sun. Yeah, yeah. You got to sing, rise and shine. We got a sun inside of us, the Mm -hmm. solar plexus. That's our eternal sun. So when I wake up, I'm rising and shining every day with the sun. I'm not mourning, crying, and going back to sleep. (laughs) No. I would have never thought about it that way. And I'm not going to lie, it took me a minute. I was like, wait, why don't you say mourning? If anyone else is slow, what he's saying is... <laughs> if you can't somebody, catch that... Somebody doesn't get it. I promise okay. you someone don't get it. Morning. Yes, like with the U-M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. When people pass away, they say people be mourning. In mourning, yes. No, don't wake up morning. Wake up smiling. Wake up smiling. I wake up every day and say, Ha, thank you. I sing every morning in the mirror. I... Believe that 100%. I believe you wake up and sing every morning. <laughs> I do. Okay, there is something I have to talk to you about. Go ahead. That you, like, surprisingly, I have not heard you really discuss at length. Mm-hmm. And it is the top 75 list. Oh. I want you to tell me in as much detail as possible the day that list came out when you saw what you I thought. knew I wasn't going to be on it. Why? Politics. I already knew. I knew as soon as they made a 75 list, I said, yeah, they ain't going to put me on. They're going to put me on the 75 list. I'm like, well, really? don't forget about it. Yeah. There was not even a small part of you that felt like you were going to be on it. I knew that they was not going to put me on that list. But you do believe you deserve to be on it. I most definitely should be on that list, but it's okay. It is so okay. I'm not upset about it. I was for probably like 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what? Life is great. I'm alive. I'm still playing basketball in my 18th season. Who cares about a list made by people who ain't never bounced a basketball before? Who cares? Well, this list, I will say, seemed to be very contentious in terms of both people who were on it and weren't on it did Mm -hmm. have very strong feelings. Like, that list is something that does represent a lot to basketball players. Okay. But so, uh, we're more than just athletes, yeah. correct? Yeah. Shout out to LeBron. <laughs> we're more than just athletes. Totally. Basketball is going to be only a small portion of our life. So I feel like a part of it could be, I'm not saying all these guys are egotistical. I don't want nobody to say that. But that could be ego. I'm not on this list, this list. It's okay. Yeah. It's totally fine. I mean, it takes a lot to recognize that you were really a snub, someone who should have been on the list. Yes, I've I, I seen all the stuff. You yeah. Know, everybody said, that's very crazy. They showed all my stats and numbers and people who don't have nothing close to it. It's okay. I've been disrespected that way since I left Orlando. So I get it. Mm-hmm. I'm not upset about it. Um, I'm going to keep working hard. I'm going to continue to get better. And that's all that matters. The biggest thing is the fact that my son, I'm number one to him. Mm. Yeah, on his list. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. really sweet. Yeah. <laughs> We're all smiling and here, like, oh, number one on your son's list. I think, I think that's good perspective. And people were getting very caught up in it. There was a lot of Instagram stories and tweets mm-hmm. and all the things. Mm-hmm. Lou, that's, that's another thing he said energy. about you is you should have been on it. That's building. See, yeah. look at that energy that was built off that. All this energy. Why this and that? That's people going back and forth comparing this person to this person to this person to this person. 
all that is energy that's being built in the wrong direction. It's so much things that we could we could control, we could do with that energy that's being put out, worrying about a list that somebody put on the news channel, somebody had on a piece of paper and they talked about it. It's so much energy that we could put towards greater things than what's on the list. Yeah. So I'd rather put my energy in that. I'm trying to, you're making me more zen. I'm going to maybe try to adopt some of these, always be these ideals. Yeah, just stay balanced. <laughs> yeah. I just, one, one of the many reasons I wanted to talk to you is obviously because I do, I wanted you to tell me about you, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't think that you have had that opportunity in that many places. I also have always been a big fan of your game. And I feel like it gets, <laughs> I think that that gets lost a lot of the time because <laughs> people do forget I mean, you were the dominant NBA player for mm-hmm. such a stretch. Like, I remember when it was like Dwight or LeBron. Like, that was absolutely an era um, that I think people forget about sometimes. So when you kind of look back at your career and the evolution of basketball and how, you know what it is, like very guard heavy now, centers have kind of Still changed. Politics. Yeah. It's all politics. The it's, Even it being guard heavy, you're saying? It's politics now. The same things I was doing in Orlando, I kid you not, I can do them now and probably even more. Okay, expand on that. Be specific. Shooting. Yeah. I can shoot the hell out of the basketball, but that's not what a team wants me to do. Dribbling, making plays, doing all that stuff is specifically for guys that they've asked to do that. So that is the part of my game where it's like now people are like, oh, he's reduced to this type of person or he can't do this. No. I work on this stuff every day, all day. Train three times a day. I don't stop. I can do these things, but I've been asked to do a specific job. So, like I said, my pride, my ego is in my back pocket. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to go and show everybody, hey, I could still play like this. I could do this because then I'll be out the league. I'll be sitting at home mad. I could do that. I could do that better than him. Look, look, look. <laughs> But there's no need for me to do that. I yeah. can still play. I can go out there. They don't want me to go out there for five minutes, even though I want to play longer than five minutes. Coach put me in the game. <laughs> <laughs> even though, you know, if it's five yeah. minutes, if it's 10 minutes, I'm going to do it with a smile on my mm-hmm. face, and I'm going to go out there and have the most fun as I can because I'm still playing. The average NBA career is three to four years. At the end of this year, it'll be my 18th season. I've been playing since I was 18. So why not enjoy it? Why allow all the politics and stuff, which at times, you know, it could really piss you off and be like, bro, like, come on, man. I can do that better than him. Yeah. But see, again, that's pride yeah. and ego. And, ego. and that, there's no place for that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's clear, like, you are just a fan of the game. Obviously, you love the game. Mm-hmm. When you look at other centers around the league, the younger superstars mm-hmm. are superstars in the making, which is really exciting about the NBA right now. There's just so, so much many. talent yes. coming up. Yes. Tell me those centers that you look at and you're like, they're special. I think everybody's special. That's just how I look at everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy from uh, Cleveland, uh, Mobley. Mobley, Evan Mobley. I like mm-hmm. him. I like him. I like him. I like his game. I like how confident he is in himself. Um, you know, obviously, the one guy who's, he's not a young guy, uh, but Joel Embiid, mm-hmm. I think he's really good. You know, and the fact that he's so mobile to be, you know, seven foot two and 300 something pounds, I, it's crazy. Yeah. 
Jokic. Um, I'm happy to see Clint Capella and the way he's been growing because he came in in Houston when I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but these guards, some of these guards is like like LaMelo Ball. Mm-hmm. Now, literally, he was in elementary school, I think, when I came into the league. <laughs> and I was watching him since he was in elementary school. I was like, he going to be the one. Yeah. He going to be the one. And the boy's good. Mm-hmm. Just to see him go from that level to now, he's like, man, he's coming in. He had a triple-double against us. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this dude can play basketball. And just all these guys, when I see him, a young fella from uh, um, the Clippers who don't get a lot of attention, Terrence Mann. Mm-hmm. That boy can play. Yeah. And I saw he had him the other night. I saw him the other night. I said, hey, man, I'm so happy for you. And I, anytime I see an NBA player anywhere, I just try to tell him, I'm happy for you, dog. That's good job, man. Because yeah. it's so hard to yeah. get to the NBA for one. People just think because you're tall, you can just make it to the NBA. Mm-hmm. It's millions of tall guys around the world that want to make it to the NBA. That's why they have a draft. That's why they have yeah. all these scouts come check these guys. And just to see the growth of these players and the way that the game has changed so much. You know, mm-hmm. when I came in the league, it was only like three people doing Euro steps. It was like Dwayne Wade, yeah. uh, <laughs> Manu Ginobili, and maybe yeah. one other person. Now everybody's everybody. doing Euro steps. Even mm-hmm. the coaches, they warming up, putting <laughs> stuff on paper doing the Euro. I'm like, what? yeah. what's going on? But it's just crazy to see how the game is changing, how these guys are shooting the ball so well. You look at Steph Curry, just to see how crazy he shoot the ball, like, I'd just be amazed. Mm-hmm. And then he got a youngin' on his team, Jordan Poole, who's like, it seemed like in a couple years, he gonna be shooting like him. And then yeah. you look at, I'm sorry if we keep talking about all these young guys. No, I'm, I love it, yeah. Uh, the guy from uh, Houston, Jalen Green. Yeah. He got crazy bounce. Mm-hmm. And he just a little old baby. <laughs> I know, the ceiling is like, it's Infinite. crazy. Yeah. I watched the other day. He got a dunk, and he dunked it so hard. I was like, man, when we play them, I'm going to get him a fast break just so I can just, <laughs> just watch, watch. Yeah. <laughs> You I'm better like, not say that. Lakers man, about to kill you. <laughs> I'm just playing, y'all. These are jokes. But now I really want to see. He need to be in a dunk contest. Yes. He got some bounce. Uh-huh. He, he just a baby. So it's just like, man, these boys and the athleticism, the way that, you know, I guess it's like, Every decade, I'd have been in just my almost three decades of playing in the NBA. Oh, wow. Old man alert. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Is it two or 20? Yeah, two decades. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I said three. That's 30 <laughs> years old. I'm tripping. Whew. But yeah, I've been in the NBA for so long yeah. just to see how, like, the guards from back then, like, I played with Anthony Johnson. He couldn't jump over a water bottle, but he was a great, he was a great, I'm sorry, AJ, I'm just ah. playing. He was a great, a great, great point guard. But then now these dynamic point guards, you have the Russell Westbrooks, and then now you see Anthony Edwards. Mm -hmm. So it's like, man, the game is is so crazy. I'm just happy for all these guys and the success that they're having. It's special. You know, I have to say, because you, I think it was on Instagram, you added some really nice perspective about the Philly situation. So when the Hawks were playing the Sixers, I was actually at the game and I mm-hmm. saw you courtside and you were kind of there for the, the Ben Simmons moment of the mm-hmm. passing up, the, the dunk, shot. yes, mm-hmm. uh, or the layup, whichever he would have decided to do in that moment. And obviously his teammates kind of 
I don't want to say publicly criticize him, but they mm-hmm. discussed that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have come to Ben's defense at sometimes online. I just kind of want your take on how you feel like he's yeah. being treated. Well, you know, I felt like a part of uh, me, uh, I could see that in Ben as far as what happened with was happening with Ben when I was in Orlando. It was some similar things happening. Now, um, I just didn't like the fact that whatever was going on on the inside had to be made public knowledge. Now, obviously, I'm there with Ben a lot. He's one of my closest friends. So I was upset just to hear all the things that was being said about him. And, you know, I just was like, man, instead of saying it publicly, just address this person behind closed doors. And so now it doesn't look so bad. When we played the Hawks and we lost, I was upset at Ben on that play. I wanted him to dunk the ball, tear the rim down. But he didn't do it. And it wasn't just his fault that we lost that series. So my thing was, we can't just blame him. We can't put all the blame on him. And then the other part was them trying to make it, or the media trying to make it seem like it's, he doesn't like Philly. Philly's too rough on him and too tough on him. And it's like, that's not cool because now you're putting the city against the player. And you ain't going to win that battle, regardless of what city it is around the United States. You're not going to win that battle because there's so many people who was going to have an opinion, who could say so many things. And I'm like, bruh, do you know how disheartening it is to wake up and see your jersey being burnt as a player or fans that you go out and do community events with talking trash about you and you got whole arenas saying, fuck Ben Simmons. Like, you know how that could really, that could really make you like, if you're not, I'm not saying he's this, but if you're not a strong person, that could really, that could really hurt you. Because that's really like uh, what a lot of kids go through every day with bullying and stuff like that. So you never know how somebody could handle a situation. And not only that, you got his mom, his dad, his sisters, his friends, all these people that adore him who may not know what's really going on, but now they watching TV and all you see is him being plastered all over TV in yeah. a certain type of way. So it's like... And it was like piled on and piled Yeah, on. so for him and for all these people, they, they upset and now they're hurt. Now you got all this, again, negative energy being built. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why, why are you doing this? Now, the flip side, there's a lot of things that he could have did to make the situation a lot better. You know what I'm saying? But again, that's, that's where you, you do that behind closed doors. You don't make all this stuff public. Because now everybody got an opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has something to say about a situation that they may not know everything about. And it's not right for all of us to say that. So if it's like, if I got family issues, we going to discuss that inside the family. We're not going to let nobody outside the family know what's going on. When we get outside, we smiling, we dapping each other up. But on the inside, we might have some issues. Mm-hmm. So I felt like with that situation, it was just kind of mishandled on both parties, both sides. He could have did a way better job of, you know, on a professional side, making sure he show up and let everybody know from the get-go. Yeah. But that's kind of difficult. It could Mm -hmm. be difficult. You know, he's 24 years old. Mm -hmm. And still learning and figuring, yeah. So for someone who is close to Ben, I mean, how do you want it to play out for him? What do you hope for him? I just want him to never lose himself within all of this. Mm-hmm. Because you can either go to the left or to the right with this kind of situation. And I don't want him to lose himself and looking around, feeling 
you know, less confident as a person. Forget just basketball, just as a person, you know, not wanting to go out, wanting to to hide and stuff like that. Just, you know, don't be that way. Mm -hmm. Then on the other end, like I said, just spreading more positive uh, energy. Yeah. You know, and I know it's hard when, you know, a city's already feeling a certain type of way and they're upset and they want things to happen. But, hell, everybody want to win a championship. Only one team can win every year. So all the other cities, what they're going to be mad and burn people's jerseys and go crazy and call them out in the arenas. And yes, people say, oh, Philly is a tough place to play. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. But it's but also like it's the NBA everywhere is a tough place everywhere to play. Everywhere is a tough place <laughs> yeah. to play. But I get it. But yeah. also Philly is called the city of what? Brotherly love, right? Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> I had to the think about it. The city of brotherly love. Mm-hmm. So instead of giving out so much hate and saying, this is how we are, this is what we do. Let's try something different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Let's try something different. Let's let's spread more love. Mm-hmm. I love Ben. I like I said, when we lost, I was so mad at him. <laughs> I wanted to hit him in the back of the head for not shooting the ball and not, you know, being yeah. aggressive. But then again, I said, you know what? I'ma love him enough to not say this publicly, not humiliate him or make him feel the type of way or publicly. And if I gotta say something to him, I'm going to wait till I see him in person when I'm not in my feelings mm-hmm. and he has calmed down a little bit and I can tell him, hey, bro, you got to man up or you got to do this. You got to do that. That's what I feel a true friend mm-hmm. or somebody that you really care about would do. You would not, you know, make them feel a certain type of way publicly because yeah. you got too many ears and too many people watching who could build, who could build their own opinion, kind of like, what you were saying about me. Everybody's always said something about me and I've never had a chance to talk. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing. He hasn't spoken about it, but now the whole world has an opinion on Ben Simmons. Without talking to Ben Simmons. Without talking to him, yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. I think it's important. Yeah. You're my dog. And that's why it goes back to what you were saying. Conversations just in general are Mm -hmm. are very important. Um, Before we close out, I always want to ask, is there anything that you want to discuss or you want to talk about that you haven't been asked about? I don't know. I just like answering questions. So yeah. if you want to ask me questions, <laughs> I can expound on it. Well, you have done a great job at, at answering all these. I have one more, though, because mm-hmm. I'm just curious to you what this season of your life is. When I was prepping for this and looking at articles, a lot of articles were talking about you and they would use the term redemption, like being here with the no. Lakers right now is redemption. Is that no. how you view it? How do you view it? How do I view being back here? Yeah. Uh, how do I? I feel like the second time I came back was redemption. This time is like, bro, why y'all got rid of me? <laughs> I want to leave LA. <laughs> I love this city, man. I love the fans. Yeah. I ain't want to. We just won the championship. Mm-hmm. I ain't want to leave. I was pissed off. <laughs> Well, they got rid of me, man. man. And no You're offense sad. to the guys. That yeah. I was kind of sad, but I was yeah. mad sad. Well, I mean, you tweeted that you were yeah, so you know, coming back. And I, then, yeah. I, I, I had tweeted because as soon as it was free agency, I was like, man, I'm coming back to L.A. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they they got to have me come back. But then they didn't have no, no um, contract for me. So I had to go ahead and, you know. Had to get ahead of it. I had to go ahead and take <laughs> it back. Because they ain't had no contract. Yeah. So um, during that process, um, that's when Philly reached out and uh, they wanted me to come. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I'm not about to wait around 
I'm going to for sure have a job here. Let me go ahead and take this. Yeah. Took the job. I had a great time in Philly. Yeah. The fans was amazing. I'm missing having Frosty Freeze out. I don't know if you know what that is. I don't. So Frosty Freeze out in the fourth quarter. If the other team missed two free throws, Mm -hmm. everybody get a free Frosty. No way. So I was the hype man for that. That was my job. (laughs) I would come in the game for the two free throws and get the crowd. Hey, let's go. (laughs) And if they missed the two free throws, I was hyped because the next day I was going to Wendy's and I was getting me a big old Frosty and some fries. (laughs) And something to dip. Yes. So I missed my frosty freeze out, but it was cold in Philly. And I do not (laughs) like snow. I love the beach and the water and the in the sun. So But I had an amazing time there. The fans was great. The city was amazing. If you ever been to you've been to Philly, yeah. right? Have you been to Ishka Bibbles? No. And you gotta go to Ishka Bibbles, man. Oh, I've never heard what kind of food. That is um it's the cheesesteak. Philly cheesesteak. Okay. But I love Philly. I had a great time there. Um, and you know, every season of mine has been great. But that was really that was a fun place to be. I enjoyed myself there. I was sad I had to leave, but I had to come on home. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I want to, they are definitely having me wrap up, but I have one more thing I want to mm-hmm. ask you, okay? Because I like your answer to that. Okay. I'm going to name the teams you've been on. You, I want you to give me a title of what that meant. Like, so if this wasn't redemption, you said it was more about coming back. I'm going to name the teams you've been at. You tell me what that season of your life represented for you. Okay? You ready? Then I'll, then I'll let you go. That's going to be tough. But yeah. it's going to be fun. Okay. Okay. 2004 to 2012, Orlando Magic. Oh, that was like, describe that that moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I'm getting so old, it's hard to remember that. Um, Just what did that time with the Magic represent for you? It could be good, bad, funny, oh, whatever. Man, just, what? the, I, for me, I, every city I've been in, the city, like the, the people there, like in the arena, the, the Everybody that worked there, it was like joy, like just pure joy. Like that's mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, pure joy. Uh 2012, 2013 Lakers. Hell. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. It wasn't hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, we well, see the thing was it was great. I had just came off of back surgery and I mm-hmm. shouldn't have played that whole season. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to play. Um, so it just it just sucked, man. Um that we didn't accomplish, you know, what we wanted to accomplish. And everybody felt like, you know, I didn't want to work with Kobe and I didn't have this killer mentality and stuff like that. But I was an all-star that year. Mm-hmm. And I dominated. We just didn't win. And um, I think the media kind of twisted that whole thing between me and him and me and the team. And every time they showed us, it was like he got attitude with him. But, you know, again, it's kind of like similar to this team now. We got so many people, yeah. so much talent. Like, it take time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things didn't happen how we wanted it to happen. But, yeah. again, I enjoyed the city. The fans was great. The Red Jackets, that's what I call them in the arena, the people around the arena with the Red Jackets. Yeah. Those are my people right there. We had a little thing. This is what we do. Seen that? Oh you. yeah, and then you get me. Yeah, yeah I, I looked. I'm yeah. sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you I, you talked about just you know being able to resolve things with teammates. Do you feel like you were able to get resolution with Kobe? Um, I think after he finished playing, mm-hmm. you know, and we kind of like 
But it was crazy because I don't think we had any issues before that. Because mm-hmm. before I went to the, to the Lakers, um, I called him on the phone after we lost in the finals, and I asked him what should I do to get better, like what he think I needed to work on, um, like how did he get this way, what was his attitude. And it's just like the understanding part. The people didn't yeah. understand. Like, me and Kobe are two different type of people. So the way we handle things is that Kobe is locked in all the time. He's not going to smile on the court. I can't play like that. Mm-hmm. Hell, I can't even live like that. Not me and a, look, they don't even look right on me. I look crazy. <laughs> you know, but, you know, that's Kobe. He's, he got that. That's his killer mentality. Yeah. The mumble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, hey. That's me. So, it's, you know, yeah. just two different. Yeah, just different two, styles. Yeah, different okay. styles. Oh, I'm happy you were able to, to call him and have that, get that advice from him. Okay, I'll do one more. How about you tell me you want to do Hawks, Hornets, or Wizards? Hawks, Hornets, or Wizards? Um, who? Who? <laughs> Hawks, Hornets, or Wizards? Well, see, the Wizards, I had back surgery, so it was crazy there. I didn't get a chance to play. The Hawks, we had a lot of talent, but we just didn't get over the top. Charlotte, we're very young. We had a lot of young guys. And it was kind of like a transition for all of us. Yeah. A lot of guys been there for a long time. Then you had a new guy um, like myself. And it was just, we didn't mesh at the right time. But every, like I said, every city that I played in, I enjoyed it to the fullest. The fans, the, the people, the people, the people. That was like the best part for me. Doing yeah. events um, for the teams and meeting all the fans, meeting greets. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that was fun for me. Oh, uh, well- I had to say, I have enjoyed this. You are fantastic. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. I genuinely do feel like, and I hope people that watch feel like they have a better full scope and understanding of you and what you're actually like. Because you're funny. This is the oh. most that I have laughed during one of these. Oh, my, for real? Yeah, 100%. I want to be a comedian one day. Hey, do that. 100%. You're in LA. Okay. Go do stand up. Do I a little, try it. Do yeah. a trial. You have to. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, you know, it's, I think that you have to close us out with a Shaq impression, though. It's only right. Hey, everybody. I uh, just got finished watching Taylor Rooks, <laughs> Dwight Howard. Um, remember, I'm Shaquille O'Neal. I'm one of the greatest to ever do it. I'm the Dundada. The Don Dada. And this is Bleacher Report. I'll holler at you later. Peace. <laughs> and that's a wrap, folks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're going to be mad so at good. me. good. I love it. <laughs>